is nice to finally meet you. Oh my god, it's so nice to finally meet you. Yeah, this I'm so is, uh... excited. Thank you for like wanting me to do this. This is my first podcast. <laughs> no, that's that's excellent. That's I I mean I saw you posted that. I didn't realize you'd never done this before, but uh which is kind of surprising to me, in all honesty. Yeah, no one's ever ever asked me. I feel like people are either very understanding and like want to work with me or like they hear about my health stuff and they're kind of just like gonna step back I don't want to want to deal with that okay well I mean I was actually going to delve into that in a little bit here I got notes here and all sorts of stuff but let's let's get into that right there um First off, introduce yourself and and kind of talk about a couple of the things like I, I met you through social media, but obviously you, you've been modeling, you've been doing these different things. So go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of who you are. Yeah, so my name is Tara Leary. Um, I'm a disabled model. I've been modeling on and off for, I want to say eight years, but the last four years has been more consistent. Um I am a big advocate for um, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is one of the um, conditions that I have. And just for mental and physical health in general, um, I feel like it's very important. And I originally started doing it more for me just to kind of like get my thoughts out. And especially when I was first diagnosed, I didn't know anyone who had any of what I was going through. So it was kind of more of a like screaming into the void type situation. Absolutely. And then I kind of found this little community and the more I've been talking about things, the more people have found me. And it's been really interesting because it all started off for me. And now I get people thanking me for being so open, telling that I inspire them, that I've helped them. There was a couple people who said that I helped them like get diagnosed. And it's just like, it blows my mind that like something that started for me, like, has touched so many people and that's something that I've kind of always wanted to do but growing up I was bullied constantly like I did not have a great support system like I didn't have a lot of like support and just people so it's still like really weird for me in some ways to be like oh wait I'm like people like me (laughs) (laughs) when were you diagnosed um I was only diagnosed four years ago maybe five but the like I was technically diagnosed two times which is kind of weird um the first time was I want to say I was 18 or 19 I was at a um actually Shriners the children's hospital yeah and the um I saw a geneticist there and they kind of were just talking to me and they did they only tested for one of the um, types because there's 14 or 15 subtypes of EDS, but they only like tested me for the most like dangerous one, which luckily I don't have that. And it was kind of based on just like talking about family history. And there's this thing called um, the Brighton scale, which is like testing like mobile, like hypermobility and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you have it. And then in 2017 or 18, they completely redid all of the classifications for EDS. So everything changed. So in 
2019 or no 17 or 18 I went to a, another geneticist in Boston and they kind of redid everything they went way more in depth about my entire life like everything and they confirmed like yeah no you have it like even because I was terrified when they redid the classifications I had it in my head like wait maybe I'm not like maybe this isn't the answer like what if like I found this thing and now like now it's not and I'd have to start from the drawing board but luckily <laughs> I don't know if it's luckily it's a it's weird to say that but I, I know exactly why you yeah. say that so I have some of the answers but that was a big turning point and it's like okay so I'm not just crazy because for the longest time like because I have a lot of mental health things too and I was diagnosed with my mental health first and I started showing signs from a very young age but when I was 13 or 14 things like all of a sudden just started progressing so much more but doctors were just like she's a hypochondriac she just wants attention like it's all in her head everything was psychosomatic and you're causing exactly yeah exactly because if you look at me I don't look sick I look like a normal healthy (laughs) okay but that's that's a big thing right there there are so many illnesses physical mental and otherwise that are not there's no outward signs Exactly. There's so many more invisible illnesses than people realize. And I think one of the things with EDS is because it affects so many different systems, like it, connective tissue is everywhere. And like, I don't, people don't realize that. So like, if you're looking at someone like, okay, they have, they're hypermobile, they have stomach issues, they have like pain, they have eye issues, they have whatever it is, people don't think to connect them they just look at them one system at a time and then they start looking at oh it's lupus or it's 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 some other rheumatological thing and and that's and I won't lie I knew very very little about your condition until I started following you on some social media um and I started going well what is it because I and and I don't talk about my family very private but my daughter has down syndrome Yep. And I've been a very big advocate of, of the Down Center community and things of, of that for a very long time. And so I'm constantly learning and studying. I have an ex-girlfriend with Guillaume-Barre, which yep. made me pay attention to how that works and what's going on there. Um, my dad has spine issues and has had some, some surgeries and, and has some nerve, connective nerve issues. And the thing that I don't talk about, and a lot of people don't know, because I, I maintain such anonymity is that I actually for 17 years now have been off and on unable to walk. Yeah, I actually lose the ability to walk. Like I'll lose parts of like my leg will disappear. Like I can see it. I can can feel it. I can poke it, but like I'll get an injury and suddenly like there's just pain and nothing else. And I can't use the leg. Yep. I completely, completely understand that. And most people haven't heard of EDS and there's a lot of conditions that people don't hear of and kind of like you were saying unless you know someone with it a lot of people like don't even think about it and it's one of those things where especially if something's more rare people they don't know and a lot of people don't even put the energy into looking at these things finding a good diagnosis just getting diagnosed like mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's the problem with me is, is that we know it's rheumatological. We know it's something rheumatic. We know that it's probably psoriatic arthritis, but I don't have psoriasis. I don't have the rash. Well, it just came up. There's a, there's a new rheumatologist. Goes, well, but you're covered head to toe in tattoos. Are you sure you don't have a rash? See? And I went, what? <laughs> that's something people don't think about. Like there's thing like, again, tattoos hide things and sometimes yeah. something will pop up. And then by the time you go and see a doctor, it's not there anymore. And like, even if you tell them, it's like, okay, but I don't, I don't see it. So I did it maybe it's happening. It's probably not because it's, it's not there all the time. So, and I feel like things, especially like that come and go, like you were just talking about, it's even harder to diagnose Yeah. because if it's not happening right when someone's seeing you, and even if it is, it's kind of just like, well, what do we do with that? <laughs> yeah. It's those random trips to the ER where people are like, why are you in the ER? What's going on? And then six months later, they see you and it's like, I thought like, it's like, yeah, then it was like, and where I live um, in Western Colorado, there is one doctor per, I want to say 20,000 people Oh my God. in these that, that are specialists in this yeah. area. And it's, so it's like my weight, I got my doctor's appointment in December for my rheumatologist that I'm getting to see in September. And that, that's something that, again, people don't talk about is doctor to patient ratio. And there's such long waits. I remember there was, for the geneticist, I had to wait like a year and a half yeah. to just be able to be seen. And that, like, again, people don't talk about that. They don't realize. And th that much time can really make a difference in your health and your treatment. Because again, if it's something that might be able to be helped the longer you're waiting it can become more serious and depending on what it is now they can't do anything yeah people with uh, celiac disease that's a big deal because yep. you go they to see a gastroenterologist too. and they're i got lucky with my daughter because i i went to a couple of symposiums i knew what it was i saw the signs and i watched it and it helped her thrive at a very young age i diagnosed her and everybody's like dude you're not a doctor i'm like i'm also not one of those webmd people because everything is cancer on webmd yep. it's just yep i have a runny nose it's cancer <laughs> <laughs> i've technically diagnosed myself with eds at first because my aunt i had never heard of it i had no idea and my aunt at the time was living in Thailand and she was going through nursing school and later on I found out she thinks she has it she's never gotten tested blah 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 but she messaged me one day and was just like have you ever heard of Ehlers Danlos and I'm just like no what the hell is that like oh, what yeah <laughs> so I googled it and it was one of those things where I just like I kind of just stopped and my mouth dropped and I'm just like this explains literally my entire life like yeah, childhood down the list and going, oh crap you know exactly and I called my doctor and I was like have you heard of this and she was just like no what is that like I've never heard of it exactly and she did some research and she's like yeah let me look into it and like I'll call you back probably within a week or two she calls me and is just like Tara I think you figured it out like I don't know what I need to do I don't know who to send you to right now but let me do some more research but I think you figured it out and it was one of those and even with diagnosis it's such a bittersweet 
thing because it's like oh okay like there is an answer but also shit I'm stuck with this like it's not something that's gonna be it's there's it's not curable it's something you deal with but on the flip side of that from everything I understand the treatments that they have actually slow progression and help you don't get all the way better, but it does ease pain. It does. So, I mean, and I've seen you say it there's sometimes on Twitter, you're like, man, the last couple of days I've actually felt whole. Mm-hmm. I and felt normal. I felt like I could do things. And it's hard because even with treatments and everything, it doesn't always work that way. And it can right. like, or sometimes it does. And then it'll start going that way. And then all of a sudden something will happen and it, slow snowballs back and you're kind of back to where you were and it's just like for me I have to hold on to the good days or even like the good couple minutes because like I don't know when I'm gonna have that again yeah and things have been progressing more negatively for me and we're still looking like I still have a lot that we're trying to figure out there's still a lot of unknowns and that's something like a lot of people are like oh well you like you diagnosed now like it's you have your answers and it's like no I I have one answer but there's still things that we don't know what's going on which are all most likely related to the EDS but they have their own individual treatments and their own individual and you have to single them out and really figure what you want to do with that and that's that's the hard part of any condition like that exactly exactly there's no one answer there's no one truth it's I'm doing what I can with what I have, but then I have to continue to diagnose individual sections of it. Exactly. And not everyone with the same condition respond the same way. Not everyone has the same symptoms. Not everyone, it's not a like black and white thing for any condition. So it makes diagnosis and treatments that much harder. It's a a fucking nightmare is what it is. (laughs) It is. It's such a nightmare. And then having to constantly... I can't tell you how many times doctors have like Googled shit in front of me. (laughs) Like, dude, step out of the room at least. Like, be like, oh, sorry, I have to go to the bathroom. Be like, oh, I have to do something. Like, pulling out your phone and Googling in front of me. Like, come on, dude. Just like. (laughs) Do you ever just be like, all right, all right, sit down, sweetheart. I'm going to take you to school. This is everything you need to know. Constantly. I, at this point, I'm writing, I'm actually writing up like a paper of like, basic like hey you don't know what it is here you go I don't have the energy to keep fucking explaining it to you yeah, like, this is me do your homework I'll see you tomorrow exactly exactly that's really smart but okay so let's look at the other side of this though um you talk about support and I don't know if you define yourself this way but you are part of in a community that I know through music and modeling and things of that nature um you are a power couple oh yeah and, and you just, you just went, you, didn't you have that. an anniversary like a, like a week ago or yeah on the um the fourth okay. well technically the second we got together on the fourth but both of us are like we're not celebrating on the fourth like fourth of July no that's stupid and he was really cute and we chose the second because he's like two is less than three and that makes the little heart and I was just like okay yep yep <laughs> So it's been four he's years. He's such a hardcore dude. Okay. Dude, he's, <laughs> he's he, when you look at and hear that, that makes me feel so good because every once in a while I make teddy bear moments and I'm like, 
I am so not hardcore anymore. He's and, and the so. biggest teddy bear. Yeah. Biggest teddy bear. Oh, and he's amazing. He's he's become honestly there's a lot of time where he advocates for me more than I'll advocate for myself and there's a lot of time where he calls me out on my shit if he sees me pushing too much I'm a very stubborn person very stubborn yeah and my mind because I used to be a dancer so my mind is still like I want to do all these things I'm active blah 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 but my body is just like who do you think you are like (laughs) I I feel I feel I used to mountain climb and 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 snowboard and skateboard and and I can't if I take 10 steps it's a fucking miracle right now yep yep so he's constantly just like do just like on Tuesday um Monday I had physical therapy one of my physical therapies I now have physical therapy three times a week which oh (laughs) totally exhausting totally exhausting and Tuesday I woke up like I tried to get out of bed and I fell and I was like no like he had a model oh like here and they were going to be it was her last day here so they were like going out going food going exploring doing things and I was like yeah no I'm gonna go and he's just like can't even get out of bed stay laying down and I argued for a good like hour like no I can do this like I got this like it's fine like I can just push me in my wheelchair he's like you're not even in your wheelchair you're not going to be having a good time and it was super hot and like uh like really humid and my dysautonomia I don't we don't like that (laughs) so he's constantly just like he calls me out and then I I ended up laying in bed all day and I was like okay I'm really glad that I did this like I'm I needed it because Wednesday I had physical therapy again and he's like you're not going to be able like you're gonna feel so much worse tonight and tomorrow if you push yourself right which and he's totally right but then the stubborn part of me is just like yeah but I want to do it I can do it of course you don't and that's that's the hardest thing for me is like um my this I did a photo trip about a month ago um, and the hardest part was everybody was like, they're going on the, the, the roller coasters and they were going and doing stuff. And they were, and I'm like, I, I physically can't do those things right now. So I was kind of just like following them around to an extent and then being like, all right. But I also then transversely kept myself super busy with photo shoots yeah. and talking to people in a couple of podcasts. So I don't like the idea of missing out, but I it's taking me a better part of a decade. To go, okay, now now I got to do this stuff. I got to do these other things to keep my mind so I don't feel like I'm missing. Yeah, they're doing the fun stuff and they're partying, but I'm doing my own thing too. And that's a really hard lesson to learn. And it's so hard. And especially when you you have these things that you want to do. And sometimes, sometimes I will push myself and I'll end up miserable for a few days or weeks or like months sometimes. But there's like concerts for instance like sometimes I really can't go but there's a lot of times where it's like mentally I need this like I don't care how I'm gonna feel and shoots are the same way sometimes where it's like I need to create I need to do something I need to feel quote-unquote normal for a minute Yeah. yeah it's gonna be totally draining and I might feel like shit for however long but like I need to do it just well, there's that me. mental and battery. it'll be worth it it's one of those things where okay what is worth the energy I'm always right. I always am in pain I'm always I don't feel good but am I willing to feel worse 
for this experience. And sometimes it's worth it and sometimes it's not. And I'd rather, if it's something worth it to me, I'd rather even try to do it instead of just being like, okay, maybe I could have done it. But it's such, that, it's such a bad, exactly. The what ifs kill you. And there's yeah. so many. Bless you, I think. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My sneezes are either like the quietest things or like terrifyingly loud. <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> That's kind of okay though. I have to hold mine in because if I let them out, my teeth rattle really bad. And I have enough, like, I literally sneezed myself into a headache after two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh, I get so, it. so <laughs> I was like, your, your face is going to explode. And I'm like, just make sure you get it on film. <laughs> right, right. Just like record it. Just yeah, make sure, make sure it. that somebody's watching and get famous on YouTube and enjoy my demise. Because um, exactly. I mean, if that's how somebody goes, I, I, to my knowledge, no one's ever died sneezing. But There's like, got to be something. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're going to be the first, make sure it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. In this day, in this day and age, that's how it should be. Oh that's yeah. Right. And, and you know, there's that other side of it too. And, and maybe you do this. I, I know I do this when people are like, man, this is the stupidest idea ever. And they all look at me knowing full well that I'm the guy who's going to do it because I don't get to do so many things that as soon as there's like that really dumb idea, I'm like, I'm so in. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Big time, big time. <laughs> concerts that, that mental thing like I I actually stepped back from doing concert photography for a while because it was really hard for me for one being on a roller being on crutches or being on canes trying to hold a camera hold my gear make sure I have a second lens make sure I've got my different my different cowls and things like that trying to set up not only is it hard for me to do and hold myself up but I was in people's way yep and like when you're using a mobility aid like you have I, one hand yeah <laughs> And that's just it. I'm like, I can't, I can't be that guy. And I actually built the shoulder rig to hold my camera and everything. And that, that helped for a little while. But then I was like, I'm already not a small dude. But then I was like, okay, cool. So people want to get by me in front of the rail and stuff, especially at EDM shows. It wasn't as bad at the metal shows or the hip hop shows, but at EDM shows, I was getting bumped into. There's people grabbing me from behind and people were like, oh, I was screaming and yelling. And you got all the, the, it was just nuts. And I felt like, I'm doing this for me to reset my battery, but it's not helping because now I'm all I'm thinking about is everybody else and how it, this isn't working. Yeah, and so I took a step back and I was actually, the guys in Terra Vida invited me to a show and I was like, oh, I don't know guys, I don't know if I should do this. They actually said, no, 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 you're going to be on stage with us. Like, come wow. on, come on stage on your roller. That's and I was amazing. like, are you sure? They're like, hell yeah. And a couple of the other producers I knew that were there, they were like, man, this is so cool. Come to our stages too. And I went with a bunch of people that didn't know that I was in that scene because when I'm in, I mean, even as a, even now as a, as a person who performed for so many years in metal bands and things like that, I wear masks or I wear makeup or I, you know, face, I, when I play drums, I face the back of the room. I don't yeah, face man. the crowd. I have, I have the worst stage fright ever. So I, I did things very, and people were like, oh, it's a shtick. It's a gimmick. It's like, no, that's so I can play. Cause yeah, that's, that's to make myself comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for me. That's my mental break. But I continued doing all this stuff. And so it turned into like that time I went, all my friends that I had come with were in the crowd and had no idea. And so I'm out of there on stage and I'm just kind of like bombing around and they're, they're just, you, I could see them. And I actually took a picture and it's one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken of a crowd because there's all these people and all their hands are up. And there's this one little group of about 15 and all of them are just like, what in the fuck? <laughs> and it's fantastic. That was the moment I realized, okay, I do need some of this. I need to make sure that I continue to do this in moments. And I've, it sounds kind of 
pretentious and, and kind of shitty, but I've started to pick and choose which artists and which bands I know are going to be accepting of me being that way and who aren't. And I kind of feel the same way with modeling because I've had, I'm lucky enough that most people that I've worked with are super understanding. And like, if I need to take breaks, they're good. If I need to cancel last minute, like even you, like ask, like being asked, like, hey, do you feel okay? Like you can totally reschedule if needed, but like, I just want to make sure you're good. Yeah. That means the world to me because most people don't even ask that, don't even think about it. And there's definitely been some times where I feel guilty and I don't, I've pushed myself way too hard and because they seem either mad or annoyed or just like, they don't, they don't get it. And instead of like advocating for myself and being like, no, like, listen, like I need, I need X, Y, and Z. I'm just kind of like, okay, they want to work with the able-bodied person. And a lot of people, they don't want my mobility aids and shoots. There's a lot of people who have asked me to like take them out. So I'm so used to at this point, kind of just having them to the side, even when I really need them. And there's only been a couple photographers who like specifically ask like, hey, no, I want these in the shop. Like this is, this is a part of you. This is who you are. You shouldn't have to hide that. Absolutely. Where, and that's one of those things where it's like, wait, people actually like want that? <laughs> well, look at, look at the doll parts group. Doll parts, the, the, the group of models who are amputees. Yep. You don't, you don't say, hey, grow a leg back. Mm-hmm. You don't, oh, hey, your you, you hide, can you hide the arm that's amputated? No, that's the point. That's who you are. And, and, and in good art, and I understand that art is subjective. And it's based on perspective. But in good art, the reality that you see and what you're portraying is what you're trying to get people to perceive. And if you're completely fake, it's like those people who on, on TikTok who are they're super famous. They're living the life and they're actually living in their aunt's house in LA. It's not their place. They've got $12. They're on an allowance and they're hoping to God that their nine million nine million followers actually buy the product so they can get a thousand dollar paycheck at the end of the month. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. smoke and mirrors oh yeah and that's why I try I try not to do that on social media and there's definitely times where I have and I I feel weird sometimes being so open and like talking about all of like the bad days and all of like all of the things that are quote unquote taboo in this world because it's like do people actually like I feel like a lot of people don't even want to look at disabled people or hear about our reality because they are scared or that's something that's so unknown and they don't they just don't want to imagine it and it's one of those like I always second like the amount of times where I'll write something and then delete it or there's been times I'll post something and like two like within a minute I'm like okay no 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 I'm deleting that and then most times when I post the things where I feel super vulnerable, I like, I have to put my phone away. Like I can't touch my phone for like an hour or two. Otherwise I second guess it and I, I'm going to delete it. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to do something. And that's usually the times where I'll get comments or messages of like, hey, I really needed to hear this. Like this made me feel less alone. Like this made me feel understood. This made me feel whatever. And like, thank you. 
and it's one of those like I it's so needed just in general on social media like like you were saying it's all smoke and mirrors and I don't want my pages to be like that I want to try and be as open and honest about things as I can even when it scares the shit out of me like I I don't want to have to be fake because I've I've had this other side where like I've pretended to be able-bodied for a very long time I kept everything to myself and it doesn't do any good no like it doesn't help anyone it's really disrespectful to yourself exactly and I constantly have to remind myself that because I'm always I minimize like my own situation all the time all the time like it's no I'm just like I'm just overreacting like I don't feel that bad like if I, I can just I can push I can do whatever like I can eat today like no I can this is this is fine like it's like that me and the dog You're sitting in this dog and in, in dog in hell yeah I'm fine yep. this is fine I say exactly. that I say that a dozen times a day oh yeah I'm fine too. This is fine. Fine. It's, nothing's going on. It's good. But see, the thing that, you, that you're doing that's so unique, um, I was actually, the other day, You, it was on Twitter, you you posted about Jeremy's mom calling you, they're redoing their deck. And she said, what would make it easier for you? I read that out loud to two models that were with me. Um, we were getting, we were actually just discussing a shoot. And I, I read it out loud knowing full well what was going to happen. Because one of them, I know, even though they're best friends and they spend all this time together, I know that one of them is really struggling with her mental health lately. Really, really horribly. And she teared up and just kind of sat there and she's like, who, who is that? And she looked you up on Facebook. And I think she started following you right then and there. Like, this is a person I can start following. She's not on Twitter. I'm sure she'd be on there. And on Twitter, you tend to be even more honest and raw than in your other formats. Oh, yeah. And most people don't even know about my Twitter. Because my Twitter, honestly, started off as just health things. The entire reason I made Twitter is because there's such a huge, both mental health and physical health communities on there. So it originally was just for that. And then it was when I started dating Jeremy that it kind of started to change. But in my, like, I'm always like, okay, I need to post more of the modeling stuff on there. Like I, I should like have more of a consistency with my social media, but there's a lot of me that just like, I can't let that go on Twitter. I don't know what it is, but like, I feel like that's a place where I have support on everything which is crazy to me because I have had been so long without having support. I'm still constantly like, wait, like they're just, people don't actually like me. They're just like saying this. I still think of myself as like the middle schooler who was like getting beat up all the time, like being called crazy. Like I don't see myself how people talk to me. And sometimes I there's so many times even on Twitter where I'll post something and like within like 20 minutes I delete it because I'm like no one cares like no one no one wants to hear this but yeah the Jeremy's mom situation I like I had to like after she called I had to leave the room Jeremy was doing something and the model was there and I had to leave because I just started crying yeah because it's like wait she didn't have to do that like that's not anything that I would like expected I wouldn't be like hey you're getting your deck redone guess what you need to do it this way like she just called out of the blue and was like hey 
would it be easier if I added a railing? Would it be easier if I widened the steps? Like, what would make it easier? And it was just like, I didn't know how to respond. <laughs> like, I honestly, there was like a good like minute of me just silent, just like, is this like really happening? Is she really asking this? And, but that's just it, is that it, it inspires with you. When you're honest, it's not just people who have physical conditions it's the mental aspect it's the ability to sit there and go wait a second i could sit down with this person and have a cup of tea and explain like those days that even though i had a really good day and everything i'm still just in the sense of like but did it did it matter today did today matter beyond today did do i matter it's the sense of like existential dread and fear that people have you being honest Okay, look back to the to the to the eighties. AIDS. No one wanted to talk about AIDS. It was everywhere, but no one wanted to talk about it. Now, in no small part to so many people advocating and speaking up in all walks of life. Everybody's like, oh, that's because of of you know, pride stepped up and really everybody everywhere really stepped up and said, okay, this is a global situation. We need to be aware of what it is, how it's transmitted, and what we do, and how it's treated. And now you look at it now, people with HIV and AIDS, have been, when they were told 20 years ago, you're guaranteed dead. Now they're living grand, just amazing lives and, and living every day and living very normal to the point where they've, they've got treatments out there now where you can, have, you can have HIV and AIDS and not transmit it, where it's that because of communication, because it became so well known. And that's one of those things that in my mind, you look back at in throughout history, when it, when it gets out there, when it, people realize, okay, this is somebody that I see somebody I know it's people like you, it's advocates for yourself and for other people that teach and it becomes common knowledge. And once it's common knowledge, it becomes something that can be talked about. Mental illness is still very, in this country, still very taboo. Oh yeah, and that's something I kind of, I always have this internal struggle. I've, I've become so, not comfortable, but in some ways I've become so comfortable talking more about the physical health when there's a lot of, there, number one, there's a lot of mental side to the physical health on top of just the mental health on its own. and. again like you were saying it's so taboo sometimes it's it's hard to talk about but it's needed and absolutely it's so needed and again it my mind goes back to like yeah but no one cares like I'm just I'm depressed I'm whatever like no one wants to hear about that when it's like no people need to hear about that because again nothing changes unless it's talked about and so many people feel so alone in it and I know I do and a lot of ways and the only way to feel less alone is to find that connection but it's so hard to talk about yeah it's so hard to talk about and the second guessing and just I think that's where a lot of the inspiration with you comes is that okay so I I I send memes I don't I'm not very open I'm not good with emotions I'm I, I it's not even just, I'd love to say it's because I'm a man. It's not that. <laughs> I'm just really bad at them. Because I don't know how to tell people like, 
hey, I'm thinking about you or, hey, I'm, you know, I'm scared for you or, hey, I'm here if you need. Like, I try to be that person, but I, I really do struggle with it. So I send out memes. If something reminds me of somebody, I immediately send. So there's this meme I saw pretty early yesterday that said um, something about being the person who constantly says they're fine when they're so obviously not fine. And I sent it to eight people, seven, eight people. And every single one was like, yeah, that's totally me. And five of them sent it back and said, so who do you talk to? And I went, shit. <laughs> I do not like being called out like that. Oh my God, I get that. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing is that you know, and you've talked about how many days where you're just ready to give up and you have Jeremy. And then you have your, your other support and you have these key elements that you know inherently you can make a phone call or a text message. So many people are so scared to admit, A, that they have that, that they have people they really can count on and B, actually saying, okay, fuck it. I need help over here. Look at me. I, still I need help. constantly still struggle with that. And Jer again, because Jeremy sees it all, like he, he'll notice sometimes even before I do. And that's something like on the mental health side, I don't always, I'm so used to like putting on the brave face, happy face. Like I, I'll just make, I love dark humor. I, that is my coping in a lot of ways. And people are just like, you're so happy all the time. You're just like, you handle everything so well. And it's like, no, no. And I constantly have to remind myself, like, because again, I didn't have support for so long. Number one, it's just like, wait, I have people around who actually do give a shit and do want to help. But it can be so hard to reach out because it's like, okay, but what if they're going through something? Like, what if they don't feel up to it? What if, like, what if they just get tired of hearing about it? Like, the worry of, like, okay, they're just going to get sick of me. So, like, I shouldn't reach out because <clears throat> our somehow our relationship is going to just turn into shit because, oh, she's just, she's just really negative. She's just whatever the case may be and I've had that a lot both mental and physical health where people are just like I can't do this anymore like you're you're too much it's like I know I'm too much how do you think I've like I'm stuck with me <laughs> two things that I will say to that one is that when people say that somebody is too much it's usually that that person is just not enough and I don't say that to be a dick I know it sounds like a real asshole thing to say but a lot of it is the concept that some people are just not equipped, especially emotionally, not necessarily mentally or physically, but emotionally to cope with the ramifications of what sounds like, I want to be that good person. I want to be these things. And the, the toll it takes, not just in the days where it's like, man, that was really hard or like, yeah, I had to help. It's that, that idea of you can't fix things. Some people really look for the solution and they think I can be that for you. I will be your fucking white knight. And the realization that they can't be for some people is soul crushing. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. It's like, it's not me, even when it feels like it's me. And even if it is me, like I can't, 
control what other people can handle. I can't control, I can't control other people. Right. Which is so hard sometimes because you're like, oh, come on. Just people, like, time, and weather. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're yeah. not in charge. <laughs> Fucking period. Oh, you're yeah. not in charge. I say that all the time. The, the the second part of that though is that and and I say this to I mean obviously I'm a fucking psycho. I mean I am. I'm so hard to predict. Even there are moments where something will come out of my mouth I'm like, "Wow, I did not expect me to say that." Like just like I'm like shit. Like I don't know how I'm going to react, so I know that nobody around me knows I'm going to react. I think everybody just assumes I'm going to go straight to violence because that's just kind of what I exude. And then when I'm like gentle or I crack a joke, they're just kind of like what the shit just happened? And I think that's everybody has those elements of you, you can't predict, you can't say. When you're trying to reach out to somebody, and I, and I say this to so many people that, that are especially going through really just a, a depressive mode that isn't just shit's hard right now. It's something that's been going for a long time, and they're just really struggling with that whole, I'm thinking of three friends in particular that I know I've said this exact word to, is I know you don't like reaching out to me but it's my fucking choice to be here for you. I'm choosing to be your sounding board, your punching bag, your confidant. Don't take that away from me. And that's something that for me, I had that in my life. I've had two people flat out in my life that have just been, no matter what I say to them, I know that they will never, ever, ever, one passed. Um, and so there's nothing I can do about that, but I still talk to him Yep. every fucking day. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the middle of nothing, just working on a painting or doing something or setting up framing. I mean, I'm, I'm moving into my new space right now. I spent the better part of yesterday just cussing him out because he's not here to help. And damn it, this sucks. You have to have that with my mom. There you like, go. Come on, man. Like you should be here right now. You're, you're the one that like, what the fuck? Like, I know you're still there somehow. I can still talk to you, but, like, come on, just talk to me. Like, you should just be able to be here because that's that's what you're supposed to do. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that that's something that I know that people that struggle, uh, uh, on a, like I say, on a continual basis, not people who go through, like, a shitty couple of months or a bad breakup, but... They, I, I, I always just beg, just remember the people that are really there for you, they're choosing to be there. Anybody has the power to walk away. Anybody has the power to say, shut the fuck up, or I don't want to hear it anymore. If they aren't doing that and they're still there for you, embrace it and just, as long as you're not just randomly, I mean, I do have a couple of people that take advantage of that situation a little too often where they, they kind of, they're the drama side of things. I don't, I don't deal with very well where they're creating problems, but. Or if that's the only thing I always like try to make sure like, that's not the only thing I'm talking about. Right. I'm not just talking about all the shit because then it gets, it gets to be a lot for the other person. And I don't think a lot of people even think about that because when you have a person like that, like who's so open and willing to help, you can take advantage of it so easily without even realizing Right. And you have to step back and like, okay, am I just using them as a therapist? Or am I, is it a good balance between our relationship? Yeah, it has to be that give and take. It's a two-way street. And if it's not there, 
then and and it is and i and i i catch held i i have one friend who always calls me out and she's always telling me you give 90 and everybody gives back 10 and that may be true maybe that's my balance maybe that's my penance but those moments where those people that were giving back 10 suddenly just scoop me up and take care of me out of nowhere makes up for all those times i mean there have been moments where i mean i talking about when my best friend died people just flocked without question just came to help me and were there i mean it's just just said no I, I got you i didn't know how to ask for anybody and to this day i mean i still don't like i remember my last girlfriend um i mean our relationship ended very suddenly and very just it was just over but on the anniversary of his death out of nowhere, without me knowing that she knew anything about it because she'd never talked to me about it really. Um, she just showed up, like came into my studio. I was working on some shit and was just bare, trying to bury myself in work, not think about it. And she just showed up and just slid a sandwich and a beer in front of me and was like, I know you're having a bad day. I'm in the other room. If you want to hide out, out in here, it's fine. And little things like that mean the world because I, I suck at asking for help too. Like I'm, I'm used to being the one that is the listener that is helping. So to sometimes my detriment, and it's like I I bury a lot of my stuff in helping others. Yeah. And then when like even even with Jeremy, I'm constantly just like, wait, like I logically, I know he's here. Like I know he gets. I know he'd do anything for me. But it's still like, am I taking advantage of like whatever? And with everyone, it's like, am I just like, am I being good and am I bringing light into their life or are they just bringing it into mine? Okay. I'm going to say this. Understand, I've never officially met Jeremy. We've been at several concerts where we've been elbow to elbow. I've been a huge fan of his since the first time I saw his first photos pop up. I was like, holy shit, this guy just is, I mean, fuck it. I'm not even sending my shit in. I've literally been like, nope, nope, he got it. We're good. We're good. And, and I, I mean, I am that guy as, a, as an editor, as a photographer, as an artist myself. In looking at some of the, 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 my friends that have shot with him and some of the, like, the Daughters of Darkness, fuck me. Oh, my God. <laughs> fuck me. Like, oh, good God. Is that just the concept, everything, the amount of time he's put into it? Like, I mean, I've done one book. I'm working on three others. How the fuck he put that together and made it look that fucking good? What in the shit, man? <laughs> and I was a fan of his work before we started dating, which yeah. is, I constantly am like, oh my God, wait, is like, I have, there's a lot of times I have to remind myself, like, shit, this is my life. Right. Like, he is my boyfriend. I'm getting to meet and become friends with some of my favorite musicians or photographers or models. And it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no. And that's the thing is that I look at, at him and I'll go back and, and, and I challenge you to do this. Look at his work. First third of his career. And then look between there and when you met and started really talking and connecting. And then look since then. He was growing. He was growing. He was growing. He met you. and You challenge him. 
you inspire him. Like even with Daughters of Darkness, because he, he's been working on it for 12 years, way before we met. But things really started picking up during the pandemic, which was amazing because he had no other work. So right. he was able to dive headfirst into it. And there were times where he was just like, I don't know what to do. And I would just like, I'd help him with selects. There were a couple times where like, I'd like do some skin smoothing for him. Like I, I was just like, anything that you need, I will do it. And I, I felt so blessed because like the first time we ever shot was my first like real professional shoot. Like my friend is a photographer and she went to Hallmark, which is where Jeremy went. So like I modeled for her a lot. I modeled for people at Hallmark. I did some on and off with that. He was my first like professional, professional shoot. And like I did first was the EDS kind of shoot. And then he had me do Daughters of Darkness, which is amazing. But <laughs> I was like, I love the picture, but also like, oof, I know I can do better. Like I, I'm glad that I did it, but like, I do it again and the book was almost like everything was almost finalized and he's just like all right let's do this like you you want another picture like let's go and it's just like what (laughs) he he's and he would do that for anyone exactly not just me and one of the things that first really amazed me is because I met him at shows we knew like we knew each other in passing but like I'd be in my wheelchair in the back and he'd bring me guitar picks or whatever from the front and he would do it for other people which was like oh shit my favorite photographer is like a nice dude yeah like he he cares about other people he goes out of his way to help anyone anything that he can do for and that's his reputation doesn't matter who you are and like a lot of I know a lot of photographers and just people in general will like they're very like tighten it if they don't they won't share what they do like they don't tell you their settings they don't show you what they do where he's like all right you want to do this do this 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 and this this is the lighting I use this is the setup I use these are all this is this is how I do it he wants people to succeed and for them to grow where there's a lot of people who are just like "Mm, this is how I do it Mm, figure it out on your own like I had to figure it out on my own you figure it out on your own and, and that's the thing is I think that, that you need to recognize that, I, I mean, I, I do, I use the term and maybe you don't see it, but you're a power couple. So much of, of who he is and who he is, uh, I mean, like I say, I've been a fan, I've been an admirer, I've been a student in some ways of his, in different ways. And, and I'm significantly, I, I mean, I've been doing this for 23, 24 years now. And there's still things that every, he posted a behind the scenes. And I was just like, I never would have thought of that lighting rig. What the fuck was that? And I just, it was just one of those moments where I was like, well, no wonder he got that image that way. And he's developed such a natural style and these things, but his confidence level, his ability to communicate the things that he's done just in his social media, not necessarily his posting, because he's always kind of been like, he has an opinion, especially about film and he'll throw it. I'm going to say something. And who gives a fuck what they think? But in in his day-to-day, there's a lot more positivity that he shares. And I think that that's something that is so much more a part of his life now that it's so much more natural. And I, and I credit a lot of that 
to you. And I'm not the only one. I've had this conversation with other people. And they're saying, I don't know the man. We've never had a conversation. But in following what he does, I see it. And that's that's you. That's your relationship. That's who you are together. And those kinds of things, I can say that. I'm like, I, I have been challenged by a couple of models pretty heavily to that that are have become amazing friends to to do things. Francesca is one of them. I helped Francesca move from from Texas to Hollywood. I helped her out in that whole scenario. And she's like, she got there in the first week. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. And she was freaking out. And I had just gone through a really bad breakup. Like, holy crap breakup. And she's going through everything. She's going through and she calls me to freak out one night. And she realized I just wasn't saying anything. It's because I was crying the whole time. I was just sitting there just holding the phone out here and just hoping she didn't know. And she's bawling and she's like, are you okay? I was like, no, can you just keep talking? She stayed on the phone with me all night. She just basically ranted and raved and did all these things. And then the next day she sent me a bunch of music and she goes, write drums to this, write lyrics to this, do this, do that. We've never actually musically collaborated, but it's still the the whole idea that we could do that. When we talk, we talk as if, and we can go for eight, nine months not speaking and then we just suddenly we do talk. And it's it's like we were talking yesterday. Having those kinds of, yeah, having those people, having that inspiration. She's kept me going. Audrey Kelly has kept me going. Two of my relationships pushed me harder. My last relationship pushed me harder than I have ever gone in my entire life. And everybody I know saw it. Everybody went, what the what the fuck is going on with you? You're you're touring again. You're doing conventions again. You're shooting concerts again. You're shooting with models again. You're putting out books. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm insane, and I'm being challenged by somebody who's literally living like, like we can do better. We can push harder. And it was the same thing you were talking about. Where there were days where, like, we flew cross country to go see Sister Part Volby and Godsmack, and we're sitting there walking. We get invited backstage, and she's like, what the fuck? Why? What? What? you know, giant arena in Milwaukee. And she's just like, what in the fuck is this? Like she'd been backstage a few times. She'd met Stitch. She's met Mixie. And we talked to different people. Obviously we knew their crew. We knew some different things, but she was just like, why are, what? They're inviting us in. They're doing stuff. And she's just got this look of just terror on her face. And I'm like, you okay? She goes, I'm going to say something stupid. <laughs> I still have that feeling. I'm just like, constantly. and even people like Christina from Lacuna Coil, like the first time I met her and it was, it was, I'm still like, whoa, because the first time I met her was a couple years ago when they were doing the tour when they were in New York for the right. um, yeah. thing, and we went backstage because they worked together all the time, and, like, I was so nervous, like, so nervous, like, I've loved Lupuna Coil fucking ever, and we get backstage, and she comes out, and she just comes running over to me, gives me the biggest hug, and is like, oh my god, it's so good to finally meet you, blah, blah, and I'm just like, Christina from Lacuna Coil, number one, knows who I am and was excited to meet me. Right. Because it, once you get into that community, it's, it is. And, and there's so much fakery in so many areas of that that, you know, my favorite moment of that night was, you know, she was sitting there, we're standing there, and Mixie was talking to Sully. And they were just kind of bullshitting back and forth. And I just patted her on the back and I was like, I'll be over here. I'll talk to you. And she stopped me. She grabbed my arm and she's like, no, hug me. And, I, and she's still talking. She's still doing the whole, like, looking at the side and talking. And slowly reached her and goes, good to see you, man. Taps my fist. We get around the corner 
And my girlfriend just beat the shit out of me. She's like, that was fucking silly, fucking, uh, just fucking just beat the crap out of me. She was, she's like, how does he know you? How the fuck, what the fuck was that? She was so mad at me, but like, but smiling and laughing at the same time. And it was like, it's those moments of once you get inside that circle, it's a very small world and everybody knows each other. And, and I was, I mean, I was never, I was never big in music. I never was. I was, I, and, and, and I'm humble enough to admit I was never that big, but I'm grateful enough to know that a lot of really great musicians that I fucking admire loved my music and loved seeing what we were doing. Cause we were fucking crazy. Every band I was ever in, they're like, you guys are nuts. This is awesome. So there was those things and we did make an impression. Plus I have a face like this and it's, it, it's unforgettable. People, they, they never forget the way I look because I, kind of look like Jar Jar and Shrek had a baby. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> so they remember me and they don't, they, they, last times I remember it, but unless they knew me as psychotic and they're like, well, that's easy to remember because you spell it all fucked up and everybody screams it at you. And they're like, light yourself on fire. Okay. Staple money to yourself. Okay. You know, I'll do those things, those things. It's a, it's a very welcoming community. It's a very wholesome community and it's a very bonding community. And, and, and it, nothing, nothing proves that more than the tragedy this week with Joey. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And everyone, people that you wouldn't even think like no, normal people wouldn't even think of like, wait, they know each other. Cause again, it's such a small community. And when you lose someone, it's not just like, okay, they were, they were in that band. They, they did this. Like, okay, I heard of them nine times out of 10. You know that person. You've either yeah. worked with them. You've seen them backstage. You've hung out with them. You've done, you have more of a relationship than just like passing by like, okay, nine yeah. times and, out of 10. And when the, when something, well, when Lucker, like I didn't know Lucker. I didn't, I never remember, but, but when Lucker died, that was, it wasn't, I, I was getting calls from people just like, dude, can I just talk to you? I just need somebody to talk to you. Because they knew I would understand. One of Jeremy's best friends. No, exactly. And that's just it. It's like when, 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 and when Drummer died, like people that we didn't know knew who we were, were, I mean, I got some of them. I, I still have a couple of them. Just some of the nicest messages and cards and things like, yeah, I remember the guys from Hemlock. That was a big one. Um, Brian and Chad, they were actually living in different cities and they called me at the same time because they saw the news go out on Facebook so that they both, I just hit the green button and it answered for both of them, which I've never had happen. And I was like, hello. And they both went, hi. And they went, Brian, chat, what? And I called them. I was like, no, I'm Eric. I'm here. I don't know what just happened. And they just sat and talked to me for a couple of minutes. So I was, look, we're on the, you know, at that time, Chad was getting ready to move and Brian had just moved and there's all sorts of shit. But they were like, dude, we're so sorry. You know, it was just really cool that they took a moment. They saw it. They reacted. They called. Because we did tour with them a little bit. We did play with them. The number of people, especially in the Colorado music scene is super tight-knit, super tight-knit. And we had people driving to, to funerals, people coming over. They, I mean, we did two benefit concerts. People were coming from all over. Like, we, we need to be a part of this. Fuck our schedule. Fuck our other shit. We will stop and we'll do whatever. Yeah, we'll make whatever work. And that's, that's the thing is you look at right now, and this happened... It's, I mean, it's happened, unfortunately, way too often in the last couple of years, where it's not just the, the icons like Bowie and Prince and, and MJ. It's the people that really stepped in 
whether they were doing, I mean, I, I, I'll never forget when Paul died. I mean, I remember the moment Paul died. Cause I, 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 I mean, and I'm, I can't say I'm friends with these people. It's not like we ever hung out, but when you're, when you're sitting at a, at a lunch counter, hoping that, that there's something left, like who wants the last chili dog, who wants this? And you're looking at each other laughing over like, man, just not eating ramen one day this week would be so fucking, you connect with them and, and watching those people who do step in and, and we're always just laughing and working with, I worked with the murder dolls. I worked with Wednesday 13. I worked with Slipknot. I've worked with all of them. And so I, I, I saw them in different things there are those things that you will always remember. And I think of all the Joey stories and it's his laugh. Yep. His laugh was infectious. And I, I don't think most of the world will ever know. Such a small percentage knew that laugh, heard that laugh. I feel grateful that I got to meet him once. And that again, that's what I remember because Jeremy and him were pretty close. They love talking black metal. Like they yeah. talked and it was just I always love watching people just reconnect because again, the scene is so small, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who don't see each other for years and they don't like tours or whatever the case may be. So to see them reconnect is just like it's magical in some ways. People talk about why they join fraternities or why they 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 join you know social clubs or you know the Elks Lodge and things to have that sense of camaraderie and and I'm guessing there's probably a lot of professional athletes that go they go through this where down the road they look back not at being on the field or being on the court but at the locker room and as a musician it's the stuff that happens backstage it's the stuff that happens on the bus it's the stuff that you it's the stories you hear and and it's as a promoter, as a, as a, as a musician myself, like I look at those things and it is really, really just a community. And, and honestly, on the other side, I, I feel like because I'm so involved in the tattoo community, do, going to all these tattoo conventions. And that's because of the clothing line and the photography more than anything else. Cause I go and I meet with models and I do all the different things that I can, but you meet somebody that you haven't seen for a couple of years or you bump in. And it's amazing to me how many people pick up the conversation like it was yesterday. Which is, it's a beautiful thing when that can happen. There's no, when there's no just like awkward, like, oh yeah, hey, how's it going? Like no weirdness, just like, yep, all right, you were doing this. Oh, yeah, I saw this on social media. Like, how did that go? Oh, how's whoever? And it's just like, it's amazing to have those type of connections and friends or even acquaintances where it's just like, no matter how long time has passed, like it doesn't matter. You're still, you're exactly how you used to be. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I don't know. It's, it's, it is, you're right. It's fucking magic. And not enough people get to experience that. It is, it's a sense, art is connectivity and, and, and I, I weep for the idea of losing that. And in so many schools and stuff, they're taking it away. And I just, as disconnected as today's youth is, if you take away art, like what the fuck are we going to do? Exactly. People, people don't realize unless you're a part of an art community how big it is. How it's a release. Like number one, just all the friends that you can meet, all the amazing people that you can come in contact with. But the emotional release that art gives, it's like it's something that you, if you don't have it and you've never experienced it, it's that you you don't know. Right. It's, 
it's unfair that so many people at this point, like you were saying, they don't have the opportunity to, which like, and it's just, you see it just getting more and more common of just like getting rid of some sort of art or people just talking down about art because it's not a important thing compared to whatever someone else might think of and it's just like no this is it's more needed than people realize unless you're in it right no and that well it is well i mean how many times did you i mean you said you were bullied but then i bet when you were dancing that didn't matter yeah no exactly it goes away i had a self-harm and suicidal ideations i still struggle with that stuff sometimes and that was that was my one release which is why when I I was forced to stop it wasn't a choice when I was forced to stop it shattered me because also I my identity was I am a dancer this is what I am meant to do this is what I'm doing this is gonna be what I do forever until I can't anymore and it being taken away at one of the most pivotal points in my life was in kind of just out of nowhere yeah not having that time of like okay maybe this I might have to stop doing whatever and I feel like any sort of or any sort of anything when you feel like that is your that is your purpose that is your life trajectory and it's what you put all of your time and heart and soul in to have it just taken away in an instant it's just kind of like an identity crisis it, like, it's what exactly I what it is now who am i it's like those guys in high school who are the, the super jocks and they have these great games and they do everything and then they just don't know what to do after high school and they just kind of like float for the next 60 years when it's forced on you it's it's almost worse because you can't it's like i didn't choose this there's nothing i can do about this so you create options and i guess that's my thing now is you're modeling as a photographer, for one, is very expressive. You say a lot in, in a couple of images. And my favorite thing to do with, with, with most models that actually try not to sound like a pretentious asshole here, but there's some people who are just Instagram models. And with them, it's not as much of it. It's just, hey, I look hot. No, people I who tell a story, I tend to scroll and I look at the image, but I don't read the caption. I force myself not to until I've really absorbed what I get out of it. And I've got it set up certain people that I know that I check first. And I do this as a ritual every day. And sometimes it's at the end of the day or it's the beginning of the day or what have you. I try to make it where it's not around when I post so that it doesn't distract me. Cause I'll do that for hours. I'll get on there to post. And then like, seven hours later, I'm like, fuck, I never posted. I didn't <laughs> yep. but there are those, those artists, true artists. And sometimes like you post the other day, Hey, I rarely post when I'm just, you know, I'm at the doctor, I'm dealing with stuff. Those posts, even that I looked at the image for a solid minute before I read what you were doing, because there's purpose to everything you're putting out there. That's something I have to remind myself because sometimes I am just like, okay, people only care about the model. Like, yeah, I, my captions, I, I try and make them more than just like a quote or whatever. Like, right. yeah, I obviously do that, but I try to make it more because to me, modeling 
like again when I lost dance I was like nothing is ever gonna make me feel that way nothing is ever gonna be the same like that that's it that's all modeling is the closest thing that I've ever found to dance in that expression so I try and use use it and especially because I'm not able to do it all the time I'm not able to do it as much as I want to when I am able to I want to make the most of it I want to make sure what I want to get across comes across right and I have to remind myself also like okay I'm because you see all those people with the perfectly curated Instagrams and like the pure like three rows and like everything's so just like aesthetically pleasing in some ways but I'm like number one I can't do that with everything I do there's no I do so many different types of things and I want to continue to do different types of things I don't want to be pigeonholed into one type of model I want to be able to express myself in any and every way I can I want to be able to make characters I want to do anything and I have to remind myself also that like that's not just that I'm not just modeling and yeah there's people who go to my page and that's all they want to see but there are people who want to see more of the everyday real life they want to see that but I have to like remind myself and get out of my own head where it's like no like I'm a I'm a person I'm not just I'm not just an Instagram like that's not all I am and that's not why I do it like even if I wasn't posting things even like if I didn't have the small following that I have like I would still do it like it's for me like it's it's cathartic people like it exactly like it's awesome that people like it but like I could give a shit less sometimes like I do it for me yeah well, and that, and I guess that's my point is that you, when, when, when people are truly creating or truly expressing, like I, I title every image and only recently, like one out of maybe every 200 people actually goes, well, what the fuck, where does that, or why did you title it that, or really looks at what I'm doing. And, and it's funny, I have one model who reads every title and then gives me her interpretation just for her shoots. She doesn't do it with every model, but she started recently picking up like, that's Italian and that's Latin and that's French and that's, and she started realizing that I'm using different languages and I'm like, well, what's that part of it? And what's this? And I never tell anybody what my interpretation is of any image. I don't, I don't like to do that. I want you to tell me the same as my lyrics. Like I know what my song's about. What do you think it is? What do you you want? Yeah. What do you take away from it? Exactly. That's what you want. And so when, and that's part of real life too, is that reminding yourself that, a, nothing is permanent. And I mean, I'm not a person who, I don't, it's funny because I take so many pictures in my life, but I don't take pictures of my day to day. I'm more in the moment. I'm, I, I mean, I don't take selfies. I never have, I never will. I don't, I don't do that. But my biggest thing is like, I'll take videos of my kids and stuff or like certain moments because I want to share it with other people. But the stuff that's just for me, I don't need a picture. I don't need a photo. I can close my eyes and remember exactly what this girlfriend was wearing on this day when we were in this place or what this moment was, the way that the the the, 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 the air smelled being in this place. Like I can do that. And yet I don't know how to express that to other people. I don't know how to show them 
And I've always said, like, if people actually got into my head and saw how I see things, they'd probably never speak to me again. Because <laughs> it's a mess in here. <laughs> but being able to do something as simple as express the way that you have it. The, the, the one that gets me, the body paint images that you did. It's this beautiful, frightening, striking, somber mix in each image. And that's what I was about that series. That was a series that he was doing. And when he asked me to be a part of it, it was just like everyone's images are so different. And everyone's expression with it is so different. And when I looked at the photos when he first sent me them, I was just like, holy shit, it's not just what the image looks like. There's more than just the paint. There's more to it than that. Or some yeah. people are just like, oh, it's just a nice picture covered in paint. Like I've, I've definitely had, just in general, people just like make comments like that because the people are just... Yeah. yeah. It'd be so better if there's I, more nipple in that. I get that exactly, one a lot. Exactly. But to have people actually like see it and be like, oh shit, like this is what it made me think of. This is this is cool. This is so different. I I don't want to do the same thing as everyone else. I don't no. even want to do the same thing as me all the time. Like, yeah, I I do a lot of the same thing just it's even like over the pandemic because I like the only person I could work with was Jeremy because we're both immunocompromised like we but even with him everything especially when he started changing like getting all the new lighting and everything like things have started to change and I'm constantly trying to find photographers who want to do things that are different who yeah they let's do what you want like if a photographer has an idea okay let's do that let's also do how can we make it something either that we both like how can we do multiple sets like what can we do that makes us both feel whatever we're trying to get out of it and it can be hard sometimes like again what I was saying before to try and find people who number one want to do that and are willing to kind of work around me in some ways because I I don't mean to be, but like, I can be hard to work with. Like, I, I feel like, cause there's, I feel like in a lot of ways, there's a like assumption with models that models are flaky all the time, that models are like things like that. And it's, I'm always like, I don't want to seem that way. Like, I don't want to just like be the one that cancels last minutes or no shows or does whatever. So there's a lot of times where I'm like, shit, I don't feel up to doing this, but like, are they going to understand? Like, is it going to be okay? Yeah. And a lot of people have an understanding, but there's been a couple who just, like, kind of are either assholes about it or just stop answering me, which, like, that's on them. Like, I totally understand. Like, I I am a lot. (laughs) Like, in more ways than one. But some of it, it's not my fault. And it's always nice to have people who understand and are willing to make accommodation because not everyone is like able to, even like if I'm shooting, like sometimes I'll just, I have to sit, I have to take a break, I have to do something. And some people are like, well, we don't have time for that. Oh, we have to do this. And it's just like, 
okay, your the images that we get after this point, they're not going to be as good. You're not right. going to get me at my best. And even uh, days where I don't feel up to it, but I still push myself, half the time the images, I'm just like, they might like them, which is awesome because I want the photographer to like them. But I'm like, I know I could do better. Like that's, that is not the best I can do. So have like, I'll either post one or two images or I'm just like, I, I don't, I can't post this just because I don't feel like me. I keep it and I kind of keep it as a reminder of like, okay, this is why I need to advocate for myself more. This is why I have to be so like, not pushy about it, but like, you know what I mean. I, no, I, I actually have, uh, you know, I have my, my resume and my portfolio that I show people, but I also have a second portfolio that I show just to models when they're having moments like that. And like, Hey, look at this image versus look at this image. These were 10 minutes apart. And it's to me. And I, I, I use this analogy all the time. A good photo shoot is like dancing with a partner. Absolutely. No, sometimes it's like sex. I mean, it is sometimes it's I like guess. sex. Oh, yeah. There have been a couple of times after a shoot. I'm like, man, if I smoked, I need a cigarette. Cause it's that good. It's oh, that absolutely. back and forth. And when those moments happen, you just, I, I've had one this year that I don't think the model realized how intensely we were working and what at the end of the day, she's like, I'm, so, I'm just tired. I'm like, I'm beat too. But I, I, I usually take a day before I start setting photos so that I, yeah, I obviously. went home and, and sorted every photo and sent it to her and she was crying. She's like, Oh my God, I feel beautiful. And like, it was just one of those moments where we had such an intense thing, but it's gotta be that back and forth. It's gotta be the, you're moving here. I'm moving there. People laugh at me because I'm one of those photographers. Like I crawl around on the ground or I climb up on shit or I'm, I don't stand. I don't do the, I mean, yeah, I do the traditional photographer crouch, but I'll do that when I'm starting stuff. And then I end up like the, the one thing to me is when I used to play guitar, I would bend at the middle so that like my, I would literally drag my dreadlocks on the ground and my guitar was like this far, like an inch above the stage. That's what I loved about playing bass and playing guitar. When I play drums, I'm rocking back and forth and I'm bent all weird and I'm, it's just, that's who I am. And, it, and so I hold the camera all weird and I'll be like upside down, but on my feet. And they're like, the fuck are you doing? But then they start mirroring and they start matching. And, and I'm, and I crack jokes the whole time. I'm I talk shit the whole time I shoot. So, and I shoot and they're like, dude, you're shooting so much. I'll shoot 17, 1800 images in 20 minutes because we're talking. There's going to be a lot of open mouth, blinking, laughing, weird shit. But then it's those moments of comfort. Those are when you pull the best out of a person. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. sometimes the most like candid shots are the best that you get like the laughing like most people like there's only been a couple people who've caught me like laughing or caught me however and it's those like, are some of the best you have to I can't I'm not someone who can force a smile like I I just it, has to be natural. it looks fucking weird like I it has to be natural and a lot of people say that they're intimidated by me which makes me laugh so hard because I am the least intimidating person on earth. But also, there's an intensity about you, though. I could see that. Like, there, there is. Pictures, sometimes I'm like, okay, I can kind of see where they're coming from, but at the same time, not many people can capture the other side of me because I can't force it. Right. Like if I'm not, if and also the photographer model vibe. If you're not on the same wavelength, if I can't, if I think the photographer is not having fun or they're just kind of like black, I can't, I can't get into it as well. Like, I love when a photographer gets so excited about things. It's like, yes, this is awesome. Like, 
blah, 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 it makes me excited more. And I feel like a lot of models feel that way. It's like, okay, I know the photographer's happy, which is making me more amped up. Like, all right, this is awesome. Whatever we come up with is going to be great. And even if we like, even if most, like, even if we just get a couple good images, it's worth it because right. even just the hangout aspect of it. Yeah. I, I the, my favorite, I've, I've never told this story. And oh my God, I'm, I know I'm going to get a phone call if she hears this episode. Um, I was shooting the model and she's a fairly well-known model and she got the hiccups in the mid, I mean, we'd, we'd been shooting for 15, 20 minutes. We'd done one full outfit and we're actually onto our second outfit and she was doing her makeup and out of nowhere, she got the hiccups and she's like, I'm so sorry. She was so embarrassed and she's laughing and she's like, I, I, they won't stop. She was trying everything. She stood on her head and drank water. Like she was everything. At one point I, she literally was like, she like tried to fall off the bed to scare herself. Like she was trying everything. And I was like, fuck it, let's just shoot. And we were at this really fancy hotel, really fancy. They gave us a whole floor to fuck with. And so we're, she's hiccuping and laughing and they were these amazing images and we're cracking up and I'm cracking jokes. And every time she, I started pausing to wait for her to hiccup in my speech. And she's like, quit fucking doing that. That's so rude. And I'm like, no, this is awesome. Because every photo, like you don't, when you get the super sexy, sultry thing, that's one thing, but she was giggling and it was, it was very sweet. And this is a person who's very intense and dark and menacing. And she's just, I mean, grinning from head to toe. She smiled with her whole fucking body and it was fantastic. And we're looking at the images and I will never forget this moment. She's like, you made me feel comfortable. Thank you so much for that because I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Thank you for getting through. These images are great. I'm really glad we did this. I don't even know if we'll end up using this because it's not the right feel for the outfits and stuff, but it was great doing that. And she just looks at me and she's patted me on top of this. She goes, if I know it's going to be that much fun, I'd have farted in front of you. And she went in the bathroom and got dressed. And I was just like, Yes. That is such a compliment. That is such a, like, I, I was, I was in tears laughing so hard at that. And it's those moments of, we had an experience. I guarantee she'll never have with another photographer. She'll never forget that shoot. I'll never forget that shoot. Not for the images, not for the product, not for anything else. Not this gorgeous thousand dollar a night hotel that we're staying in because she got the fucking hiccups. Yep. And sometimes that's that's the best. And even, again, like even if even if you didn't get like the images you wanted, like and like having that experience, like okay, that's worth it. It doesn't. At some ways, it doesn't matter what you got because you got the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I've literally never told that story, and that was that was one of my that's one of my favorite moments of all time. And actually, it was it was at a time when I was really struggling with the idea of whether I was going to keep going with photography. And I realized, okay, if I can have that kind of connection with somebody we'd never met, we'd only spoken prior to the shoot, like twice. Like we never, we talk all the time now. Yeah, we we created a true friendship because we shared a moment. And I mean, she lives on the other side of the fucking planet and she'll still hit me up because she knows I'm awake in the middle of the night. She's like, so I'm getting to go to bed. You're just getting up. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. And we talk about the fact she's drinking tea and I'm drinking coffee and like just random shit. She'll send me pictures of every beer can she thinks is funny. Like the title of the beer she sends me a picture of. I don't know why she, she just realized I'm kind of a beer snob and she's like, this is funny. This is cool. This is what I see. Yeah, makes That experience. That experience is what matters, not the images. And don't get me wrong. There was some fire shots in there that we have used that we normally, and, and it's not my style, quote unquote, but it was like, fuck, these are so good. 
I, I love that shit. And that's, that's the thing is when you've got that back and forth, you've got that connection, you've got that feeling of, okay, wow, there's chemistry here that that's going to last beyond the image, beyond what you see on the disc or the screen or, or, or the phone that shows. I love doing first shoots with newbies and then doing another shoot with them like six months later and showing them side by side for that exact same reason. Like the first time they're like kind of nervous and they're like looking over here and they're, you know, and then you do the next shoot and they're like, I knew what I was coming into. I knew what to expect. That's the difference. And so when you work with an experienced model, it's better. Like my first shoot with Jeremy, I look like the first images and I'm just like, like what? I like, I was just like literally just standing there like stone faced, like, they're images that'll never be out. And then even just watching that shoot, like as it progressed, it was like, oh shit, like, no. And again, when you build that rapport, even if it's just during that one shoot, you can you can see the change. You can see the comfort level changing because you connect, you're able to laugh, you're able to get to know each other. And then it's like, okay, as I'm more comfortable with you, I'm able to figure out what both of us like. I'm able to mess around more and it's just fun yeah it's the experimentation it's the ability to go back and forth so well i want to i can tell you right now we're going to do another one of these i can just i'm just going to be honest with you because this this has been amazing um i've learned a lot and i hope everybody else does um i'm actually going to whip this around uh this is i'm probably going to try and release this on sunday so here in just a couple of days i want to get it flipped around so i will do that um what are two songs you can't stop listening to right now? That is, that is a hard one. That's the point. That is a really hard one. Just in general, anything Zealand Arder, I've just, I've been, ever since I first heard them, I can't stop listening to them, their new song. Holy shit. I I can't. And I recently, which I don't know how I just started listening to them. Like I've obviously heard of them, but Ginger. Oh I yeah. I just started like actually like sitting down and listening to them. And I'm just like there's so many layers. I you can't define them. No, there's no there's no there's no genre. They they're they're uh that's 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 a good one because um, that's and you're probably see th- this thing is about this sucks about where I live. There's no one musically around here that I can communicate with on a regular basis. Like I've been listening to Lorna Shore since they first popped into the scene and things like that. And like I actually it's funny as shit because I posted on Twitter like the new song came out. I was like in the best possible way, this confirms the existence of Man Bear Pig and it got one like. It got one like, and it was Lorna Shore. They were like, fuck yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's true. It's inhuman. And as a vocalist, I'm like, man, I can do some shit, but what the fuck was that? That's alien. That's demonic. And it's angelic. And what the hell? Like, <laughs> the first time I heard that, I had to listen to it like five or six times just to be like, wait, did I hear this right? Like, is this actually, oh shit, he did do that. No, that, that, that was the thing that happened. That wasn't just, the imagining <laughs> yeah and i have a friend in florida that he sends me all the reaction videos of people watching it all the critics and texts and they're they get better and better i mean they do but ginger is one of those that i actually like i have one friend 
she's in Seattle and she she likes them. That's it. The, the, the only person I could talk to about that. And it, it's so hard to be here. That's why I travel. I, I'm here because my, my daughter deserves for me to be here. And, and I do have a group of friends that I love very much and I'm here for them and they're, they're here for me, but on an artistic level, I have to, I have to leave <laughs> or I have to fly people to me. And I do do that. I do actually sometimes fly people to me. Cause I'm like, please, I'm starving. Come here. Cause I can't go right now. That's what I, that's something I kind of feel the same way is there, there are people around here who are amazing, but there's a lot who I'm just like, you're amazing, but I don't know. I know there's other people out there who, and I don't sound so douchey and I don't want it to but like some people I'm just like I love your work but it's not the level that I'm wanting and the people around here there are definitely people around here who are and I love working with but there's some who I'm just like damn I wish I could drive I wish I could go I wish I had more money to be able to pay these amazing photographers because damn these are who I want to work with this is what I want to do and I don't I don't want to feel like I'm settling, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I get that. The whole reason I did this Vegas trip is a couple of a couple of the models that are down there are like, we can't afford to travel to you. They knew each other. They worked it out. They cut a deal. They paid for my hotel. They were originally going to pay for my flight, but then we ended up driving. Some of my friends from here are like, well, we want to fucking go because I get amazing discounts on travel shit. So I was like, cool, let's all meet up. I'm going to need a grip anyway because I can't call all my shit while I'm on a fucking scooter. I need help. And they were like, we got you. And they worked out shifts and they did what they needed to be there for me. And like I said, they had fun and it was great. But it was because they were like, yeah, I mean, think about, I mean, you say Vegas, you've got Keith Sell. And you've got Steve Cook and you've got, you've got these amazing photographers there. And there's so many, so many just great photographers there. They're like, but none of them really do like all, you know, cover me in blood, make me look gross and make it pretty. Or, Hey, I want to shoot. And you know, it's my, one of them, she's literally said, she goes, it's my first shoot back in three years. I want to work with somebody new because they're expecting what I used to be. And I want somebody who has no expectation. Yes. 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 I completely for me that's that was it's it's that kind of stuff and so you have to artistically and i do it musically it's why i go to shows it's why you know i'm 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 very careful i'm obviously i mean you know compromise myself much less for my daughter it's not even necessarily what happens to me it's what happens to her but travel not being able to go to all these tattoo conventions last year and do all these things killed my economy but also it kind of killed my soul I was just like, man, I got to do something. I got to do that. And so I'm really glad things are picking up now. I'm being very, very careful, obviously. Um, but it's it's that idea of, of just emotive. You can starve artistically, truly starve. Like starving artists is a two-way street. It's not just I don't get a lot in. It's, it's like if you feed my brain, I can live without the fo- actual sustenance. But I got to have one or the other. it's better if I have both both. yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah you know no completely and that's like again going back to like sometimes I I second guess myself with modeling and it's mainly because like because of my travel ability because of my money situation like because of all these things I'm like damn like this is what I want to do but like is it attainable is it something that like is possible for me and I just have to keep reminding myself like the people who will want to work with me will find a way yeah I'm hoping at some point I'll be able to find like I was supposed to fly out to 
Ohio either this month or next month and then everything health-wise and money-wise is just like fuck I can't do it right now and I have a friend out there who was able like she's like okay I want you to shoot with me number one but number two I have all of these ideas of other people who you could work with so it's just like I know most people I would want to work with or someone that are not here and finding a way to get there and mainly because I can't drive and I don't know if I'll ever be able to which is the like I can't even think about it a lot because it's just like too fucking depressing it's like okay who is willing to work with me am I able to figure out some way to do this am I able to figure out something with a photographer where we can help each other where they can help me up front and then I can pay them back because a lot of people won't do like payment plans or won't like try and figure out like a way because my friend was like I will help you pay for airfare like you can stay with me like I'll help you with your ticket like we'll do whatever not a lot of people are willing to do that and I'm someone who's like I will I will pay you back it may take me a while like I'm on disability but you can count on me I will you will not lose money from me I'm not going to take advantage of you which I can understand why people are hesitant because there are so many people who take advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, I mean, I've, I've ran into it. I've had people, I paid for one model to fly cross country actually to be in a movie and she never even got on the plane, took money and just never got on the plane. I mean, I've, I've had it happen and, and, it, and it's things. I had a model who was actually an assistant of mine uh, run up a $2,300 hotel bill, destroyed a room, invited a bunch of people in, partied her ass off and put it on my credit card. You know, it's, it's, it's not, there are those things. There are horror stories. Does it mean that I stopped doing it? No, I just, you learn to be a little more wary. You learn to be a little more careful, learn how to develop trust. And it is one of those things, but I can also say that I've watched a lot of my friends. I was talking to one friend and she moved to LA last year, which completely jaded her. She fucking hated it. She felt stupid. She felt too skinny. And then the next day it was too fat and too blonde and not blonde enough and just constantly back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and she had one good shoot and she's now being flown all over the world and being i mean it, it's that fast things change that quick i watch people literally i'm never going to make it in this band i'm never going to be doing anything and then suddenly they're playing main stage at a festival it really does happen that fast as long as you the only guarantee and it sounds stupid and cliche and like our parents told us this and fuck them for being smarter than us but the whole guaranteed failure is not doing it I mean, seriously, I don't like that my parents were smart, but they said that shit when I was a kid. You just got to keep trying. So, well, I will, uh, on that note, I'm going to let you go. It's been, a, I'm serious. We're doing this again. Yes, no, I would absolutely love that. Because I feel like we could sit and talk for 10 hours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're so easy to talk to. And it's even better than, like, just talking to you online has been like, okay, I know I like this dude. We this is going to be great. Yeah. And well, and I'm, 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 like, I'm, oh, I'm genuinely okay. honored yeah. that I could do this as, as your first. Cause that I, I seriously, I did not know that. So that's very cool. Um, I will get this out and available to you. If there's anything I can do that you need, or you think of anything, hit me up. We're always available. And uh, thank you for being you continue to be an inspiration because you are. And uh, don't, you know, I, you're going to second guess yourself. Everybody does, but just remember that you got a whole, grip of people pushing for you 
So really be honest, that. continue being you. And because uh, because it, it does matter because no one should, I say it in every episode, no one should ever feel alone. And you are the embodiment of that, that no one should ever feel that way. And you know how to express it. So continue doing that, please. Seriously, thank you. Okay. Hearing, hearing All right. Things like that are why I do it. Good. Thank you for that. Because fucking humanity needs more of that shit. <laughs> So, all right. Well, you have a good rest of your day. Hope you're feeling good. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye.